0: Michael Nolan is a lifelong martial artist with a focus on the Chinese arts, who's had more than 24 years of military service in the US, Marine Corps, Marine Corps Reserves, and the Army National Guard. And he's on the line with us here, and I've just done something I've never done before, which is read his introduction directly off his book. Are you impressed with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Marine
3: Corps, uh, the uh, oh, yeah. US is silent, but yeah, it's, it's all good, uh, <laughs> No, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. That- Thank kind you. of messed that up
0: so no, the book okay. is called the natural laws of violence for those that haven't read it or fell asleep during it what is the main premise behind the
3: book uh, well so it basically encompasses you know my observations um in combat mm-hmm. regarding the mechanics of violence and how it works and uh, you know what are the implications for that uh, from that excuse me for uh not only just a you know, a martial artist perspective or somebody who has, uh, you know, uh, answered the calling to be, uh, you know, serving in a country's mm-hmm. military, um, but really just for anybody trying to understand, um, you know, how that aspect of nature works um, yeah. and the sorry the the main premise is that simply that violence is governed by natural laws and and, uh, you know it's essentially part of nature
0: yeah and it's an interesting idea because I'd never really thought of natural laws being a thing in violence is this something that you just thought of one day or have you always had it in your head
3: well it's it's something that has been accepted by you know uh, many cultures and you know societies throughout human history Uh, but it's just not something that is regularly discussed in the west Mm. and uh, so it was something that I felt was appropriate you know and timely to kind of emphasize um but i'm sure it'll be uh up for debate um you know just it's something that uh, you know a lot of people kind of shy away from violence, and it's not a, kind of a PC thing to, to discuss. And, and I get that, and I am certainly not an advocate of war whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like you know, for those of us that that want a peaceful and, and healthy world, uh, you, you got to understand how things work, well, like it or not. You know, yeah.
0: And in terms of the actual laws, then the first one, the wording is quite important, isn't it? It's the first person to effectively use violence will be victorious. You can correct me if I haven't got it exactly right there.
3: That's essentially right. Yeah, that's right. With the emphasis, on, you know, so I have these keys that I talk about, you know, the main takeaway from that one is is timeliness and effectiveness. So mm-hmm. being first and being effective. You know, you need to be first and you need to be effective. Yeah. Um, but if you have those two things, uh, chances are you're going to be victorious. Yeah. yeah.
0: So say, for example, you were on a night out, or whatever, and you punch someone, but then you look around and you picked on the wrong guy, and that guy punches you back, and he's won. Does that loss... Technically technically still apply because your first punch wasn't effective
3: yeah exactly exactly effectiveness is, is key there so i um, mean i do talk, talk about that the the much beloved uh, sucker punch uh you know is a perfect example of, of that you know kind of first law um and, and the effectiveness behind it um, or the importance of effectiveness yeah yeah uh and, that, and that's a good example you know pick on somebody that uh yeah. you you, know, you really had no business uh picking on yeah could, things could go south real quick real yeah. quick
0: yeah so the effectiveness does that just sort of mean that you have one you know what is the definition of effectiveness in this context do you think
3: yeah well that's that's actually an interesting question um in, insofar as it, it brings up the whole notion of defense and um you know one of the things that i kind of realized um actually when i started studying english boxing actually western boxing um you know the importance of, of really having an iron chin um you know it's one of those things where you can be a superior warrior but if you can't take Take a punch, you're not going to win. I mean, it's that simple. And um, so, being able to kind of suffer damage, and that's really what the the nature of, of defense is in reality. Um, it, it, what it does is it eliminates the effectiveness of your opponent or the the ability of your opponent to be effective uh, with their with their attacks. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, and I'm just trying to element. think of a scenario maybe where this law wouldn't apply. Is it a 100 percent of the time scenario, or can there sometimes be cases where somebody could be the first to have effective violence and not be victorious?
3: Uh, in my experience, no. Uh, mm. and, and then it, and what it boils down to is an analysis of, of effectiveness. You know, if it's truly effective, you're, you're going to be victorious. And in those situations where one might say, well, you know, that didn't work. Yeah. Cause it wasn't effective, you know? Yeah. So you know, that's why those key elements are very, very, you know, crucial to understanding. Yeah. Um, but I, even I say in my book, you know, I, I'm approaching this, I'm kind of one of the first to throw it out there and say, Hey, these are some of the mechanics we need to discuss as a military community. And, um, but I, I certainly don't claim to, to, for it to be the end all be all. Yeah. And I, I absolutely welcome challenges to this and, and refinement by, you know, militaries really across the West.
0: Yeah. That's the thing in the book. You're very very honest about the fact that you might not have got it 100% right especially with I think it's the second law where you say that violence tends to escalate and that's one I guess you can say that it isn't the case all the time
3: correct yeah especially when you have as you pointed out you know um, one opponent that's clearly um, I don't want to say inferior hate using that word but Mm -hmm. you know nowhere near a match for uh, you know any given opponent and in that case there is no incentive for them to escalate (laughs) because It's just mm-hmm. going to go from bad to worse. And yeah. so, you know, there there are examples in that for, regarding that second law that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, maybe exceptions to that uh, where, where the incentives are not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I certainly appreciate you having me on my, your show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I'd be you know excited to hear, you know, uh, the UK, you know, Mother England's uh, take on it from their military's perspective. Um, you know, the West, uh, you know, especially the United States. Rich in doctrine. And there's a lot of kind of groupthink where, uh, you know, we, we know it all. You know, we have the dominant military and you can't tell us otherwise. Um, and yeah. so there's it's, – it's kind of hard to kind of break through that uh, that uh, you know, ego. And, um, you know, but I, I would hope that some of the, uh, our you know, Mother England, Sister Canada, you know, our sister services, um, you know, might be a bit more welcoming you know, mm-hmm. to this the, these theories and, and be willing to kind of take them and, and, and move them forward.
0: Yeah. Why do you think it's important, actually, to – to tell people about the natural laws of violence.
3: Yeah, so you know, there, in my mind, there's two communities. There's the military community that would be of interest, and 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 then the civilian community. On the military side, um kind of the the most foundational uh, elements isn't the natural laws. That's not something that's talked about in the West. It's actually what are known as the principles of war. And if you look at Western doctrine, whether it's American versus British, those two have very similar principles, but they're not the same. Mm. You look at Canada's principles of war and their military, radically different. So we're kind of all over the place. And so what I'm trying to do is take it even one step lower, you know, one more, you know, kind of talking, you know, molecules. Now I'm trying to bring it down to the atomic level, maybe even the, the, the particle level, uh, you know, subatomic level and say, hey, what are these very fundamental building blocks mm. that we can then use and understand to then describe the mechanics of these higher level, you know, physics, so to speak, using that analogy yeah. within the military. That's that's my goal within the military, outside of the military context, you know, the, the hope is, is that for folks, you know, in, in the West, we're talking more, you know, diplomacy, folks in the state department, that sort of thing, and the equivalence, uh, you know, of our sister countries, the hope is that, you know, diplomats with this greater understanding, of the mechanics of violence can identify really perhaps better tools to use when they're addressing some of the issues that we see you know in these foreign lands um, and you know I'll, I'll use kind of examples from both worlds there's an obsession right now with special operating forces on the military side they're the solution for every problem you know mm-hmm. and on the you know, diplomatic side it's um, uh, sanctions they love their sanctions and the mm-hmm. sanctions have become the solution for everything um, is that necessarily the case you know the hope is with a better understanding of the mechanics of you know not just violence but really human nature perhaps perhaps we can develop, a you know, a better courses of action tailored to each individual scenario. So that's kind of the hope.
0: Yeah. And actually in the book as well, you talk about the fact that violence maybe shapes our world in a way, doesn't it? Because not just natural law, but law in general is based upon violence mostly because, you know, that's the worst crime you commit and we live in fear of violence, don't we?
3: Yeah. Yes. And, and rightfully so. I mean, again, I am not advocating, you know, that I am not a pro-violence guy at yeah. all by any stretch of the imagination um but you know I do make the point that hey this is a fundamental aspect of nature and something that we can escape from and mm-hmm. so we do need to understand um you know not only its role within our society but you know how, how really it works you know in order to really bit mitigate you know the the negative effects of violence you know in our world um so that's that's kind of where I'm coming at yeah you know?
0: yeah do you think that violence is a pretty bad solution to resolve an issue
3: so you know I, I Generally speaking, yes, uh, but at the same time, it's important to understand that when it is appropriate, and there are times it's appropriate, mm. it's important not to shy away from it, you know, because it is part of nature. You know, if, if, if you try to avoid it at all costs, at, at some point, you're just going to be rewarding the bully, and mm. that that does not work in the long run, right? That That is not good either. No. So what, what I'm trying to help uh, folks do is put it in its proper place. And understand when is it right and when it is right then understand how to engage mm. you know in, in its use properly
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned the word bully there and there's an interesting story at the start oh, yeah. which is a good example where you have a rich kids that wouldn't beat someone up and then the poor kid who is muscly and all that who could easily yeah. punch someone so in the first example the poor kid can easily steal the rich kid's lunch money and then there's yes. another example Example, where the rich kid actually turns out to be what is he a ninja of some sort right, he's yeah. trained in the martial arts so he can sort of turn around and be like actually you're not gonna beat me up and they sort of have a negotiation in the end don't they
3: yeah that's right that's right that's right in, in the end the rich uh, kid ends up you know w- willing to be generous um mm. didn't necessarily have to be you know you know but I yeah. tried to try to end things on a positive note there um but uh, that, that was uh, an exercise you know scenarios that I use uh, actually with my officer candidate students you know towards the end of my career i was a, an instructor and I was teaching you know officer candidates uh, and it was a uh, just a just you know scenarios that i would set up in order to get try and get them thinking about hey you know not only how how does this work but what are the incentives behind human behavior and um, because you know as as officers you know when they end up in country they tend to you know they'll eventually get to a point where they they manage you know uh, regions of the world you know filled with perhaps boring tribes and that sort of thing and try mm-hmm. To understand those incentives and, and how to align them in such a way that we have positive outcomes. Um, so again, the, the, the whole intent of this is not to uh, advocate for a violent world or violence in any way, shape or form, but to help yeah. folks understand why people become violent in the first place yeah. and then to perhaps align their incentives in such a way that uh, we have a more positive outcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And in the second example of that story, maybe I can think of a way that that actually breaks the first law because maybe the poor kid could have punched the rich kid and then he would have fallen over. Is that potentially effective? But then the rich guy gets back up again and ends up being victorious.
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in that second scenario, uh, he makes an attempt, the poor kid makes an attempt just like, you know, he had threatened to do in the first scenario, um, uh, but it wasn't effective. So in that sense, you know, we still have the uh, validity of that first natural law uh, where, where the, he was unable to be effective, whereas the the, the rich kid, in this case, the, the expert martial artist, was absolutely able to be effective. And so he was the, f- the first at being effective, although he wasn't the first to lash out, you know, as the, the bully. Yeah.
0: Yes. And another, natural law which I can't remember word for word but it's like okay. it's to do with the distance really isn't it and the way that yeah. you can have yourself in a position where you can put violence onto somebody but they can't put violence onto you like how an adult would hold out a child Great. in their head.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that is, and so that, that, that highlights, you know, the, the importance of positioning, um, which is a very subtle, this is something that somebody that has been a martial artist, you know, their whole life gets immediately. Mm. Um, and, you know, for professional, uh, military service members, you know, if they've been in it uh, for a career, you know, they'll, they'll certainly get it, you know, senior officers and senior, uh, NCOs. Um, but for somebody just kind of coming into that world, uh, it, it's something that you can grasp. Everybody has seen that, you know, adult kind of pushing the forehead away of the kid that can't yeah. get them. Um, but to understand that but that actually applies, you know, to the field of combat. You know, mm-hmm. if you're behind a wall and your rifle reaches out a thousand yards and they're out in the open and theirs only reaches 500, they're in a world of hurt. You know, that's mm-hmm. a perfect position that you want to be in. And and that is the worst position for them to be in. Um, and it's just, you know, to understand how important positioning is, you know, uh, in, 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 on the battlefield. Um, but again, it applies even, even outside, uh, you know, the, the, that military context. Mm-hmm. Or if you have any, you know, in my mind, violence is... Kind of the, the penultimate example of, of a hyper competitive scenario. And so, whenever you have that kind of hyper competitiveness, I also talk about kind of the markets. So, trading in the marketplace, you know, we're talking stocks, options, bonds, that sort of thing, yeah. hyper, hyper competitive. Um, you know, positioning, even in those situations, is everything. You know, when, when you get in, when you get out, and, and, you know, how much you've managed, you know, risk um, dictates, you know, really the outcomes, you know, in the end. So, yeah. um, just lessons that, that really apply to any kind of hyper hyper-competitive environment
0: yeah and you're a lot actually about your own experience in the book don't you
3: yes towards the end i do try to wrap it up with that yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and kind of show where how these things have applied um particularly that kind of right brain left brain you know mm-hmm. where yeah you got to be strict and disciplined but at the same time you also have to be compassionate you know with yourself and others and, and understand there's a, there's a human element to all of this yeah, yeah absolutely
0: and in terms of your experience have you discovered these natural laws from your experience working in the army and things or is it more research or maybe a mixture
3: no it is this is strictly my observations in combat you know from my various uh, you know multiple combat deployments uh, and and it was just something that that i grew to observe and kind of uh r- Really, just I don't want to say document, but it just it, it just hit home. Like, hey, this is this is the same every every battlefield I go to, regardless of what enemy. The, these mechanics are still how it works, and you know, as you become more senior, you become introduced to these principles of war um it made sense where the americans and the brits got their principles of war um but it wasn't explicit in doctrine in military doctrine they don't say hey these are the principles because of x it's just presented hey these are these are the principles of war yeah okay, well what genius came up with these how how you know that really isn't explained and for whatever reason it was one of the, that was really kind of the, the the starting point where i said you know there's a reason behind these i'm not refuting them but i'm just saying that there's there, there's got to be more to the explanation behind these principles of war. And that's where I came up with my observations. Yeah.
0: And there are four natural laws that you've sort of came up with altogether, aren't there?
3: Yes, yes. That, that generate, you know, about five key elements. Yeah, uh, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um within that context.
0: Do you think that there are more out there or have you found them all?
3: No, no, no not at all. You know, I, I, again, I make no claims to this not only being complete, uh, I make no claims to this being correct. And I and I certainly hope, you know, my work is challenged, you know, uh, by, you know, militaries throughout the world uh, and, yeah. and, and folks involved, you know, uh, in this sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I really hope hope they get fleshed out more. Okay. Um, do, do I think I've laid a good foundation? Absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I certainly don't want be so immodest as to claim that I figured it out <laughs> no 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 I, I, I've just started yeah. the ball rolling that, that's it that's it
0: yeah and what's the fourth law that I've forgotten then
3: um, so I talk about timely it was probably the um, action you, you at Ooh. some point in time oh, oh yeah because the fourth yeah. law is technically the the, the uh, positioning one but uh, yeah. the third one that we yeah. really haven't talked about was um, action and essentially the need for action uh, meaning you, you can't be victorious if you're just sitting there and doing nothing at, at some yeah. point in time you do have to take action so action is a requirement for success in a violent situation
0: and i guess some of these laws maybe people might be thinking they go without saying it's maybe obvious that you have to fight in a fight to win
3: yes 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 i know and 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 i would agree with that i would completely agree with that but then it begs the question then why hasn't anybody else you know (laughs) mentioned these kind of fairly obvious no i agree i I, i would not uh refute that criticism at all whatsoever and and my only counter is that correct and but it has not been documented and so that's that was uh yet another purpose behind the book yeah absolutely absolutely
0: i guess that's true a natural law is a natural law no matter how obvious it is it still needs to be in the list
3: yes yes absolutely discussed and and it's you know ramifications Mm -hmm. kind of uh fleshed out so absolutely absolutely Yeah. yeah
0: and have you got any plans for more books after this one perhaps
2: um
3: not really. I have been asked to go, right? Do some other non-related things. Um, I do have a blog, and I can see where I tell some of my war stories, and uh, so I could see you know those maybe at some point in time being amalgamated into a book. Um, but. Uh, there, there are no plans at this point in time for a series. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm more excited just to get folks talking about, uh, you know, what I've discussed in this book.
0: Yes, absolutely. At this point. Yeah. And in the yeah. meantime, this is the book, The Natural Laws of Violence. And, you know, it's actually quite a quick read. You could read it in about an hour. So if people yeah, are put <laughs> off, then they don't need to be because
3: it's only an hour.
0: Where can yeah. we find the book if we're interested in it then?
3: Yeah. So it is on Amazon, um, UK. And, uh, you know, again, Natural Laws of Violence. Michael Nolan, and it comes up uh, pretty easily. But um, uh, that's the main uh, vendor is uh, Amazon.
0: Great. Well, thanks very much for coming on today. It's been great to have you on the show.
3: Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time very much.
2: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Toby Gribben Show